listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 11th of January 2023. Later, BHP shares hit a record high, but first to a raft of economic data which came out today pointing to the potential for ongoing interest rate rises. Firstly, the CPI indicator, that's inflation, rising to 7.3% annually in the month of November. We also saw record retail sales and job vacancy numbers, which are still pretty high. So for more, I spoke earlier with Harry Murphy-Cruz. He's an economist at Moody's Analytics. And I first asked him what this data says about the economy as it headed into Christmas. I think we uh, the data out today really showed the Aussie economy powered in uh, to December last year. We had that spending bonanza come through in the data today. Uh, and then we also had inflation back up at that three-decade high. Uh, that showed there was a real bit of pace coming through the Aussie economy through the back end of 2022, was a little bit of tempering to that. Um, we did see the job vacancies tick down. That says that it's going to be a bit harder for that jobs growth to continue through this year. Uh, but look, on the whole, overall, we've got uh, you know a bit of an exclamation mark that was put onto the, the end of 2022. So can we break all of that down? Let's start with inflation. Back at a 32-year high, does it suggest we're still yet to see peak inflation? And what are the implications? Yeah, so the fact that inflation's back at that three-decade high, 7.3%, um, look, it's it's not great news. A lot of that came from uh, higher building material costs, also higher food and um, uh, and beverage costs. This data, it doesn't give us the full picture. It's worth saying. So we will need to wait until the next CPI release later this month to tell us just what's happening with utility and energy prices um, that'll be a really key test as to what happens with inflation. We do expect it to be a, a bit of a sizable jump, and that'll see inflation peaking in the December quarter as a whole at just under 8%. But there is then some good news to come after that. We expect inflation will come off those highs through this year uh, and then also returning to the RBA's 2 to 3% target band by about the middle of 2024. So we also saw retail sales hit another record in November following those Black Friday sales. But how much of this was genuine consumer demand and how much was higher prices having an impact there? We did see just how much Aussies love a bargain through November. You know, on the back of those Black Friday sales, you know, really big spending bonanza occurring, 1.4% month-on-month jump. It's the, the biggest monthly rise uh, since January of 2022, undoubtedly, as you say, a large portion of that is coming from higher prices. Households are simply spending more because the cost of what they buy is going up. Um, it, it is also worth noting, though, that there has been some strength still in um, discretionary purchases, you know, the nice-to-haves. The fact that we're seeing that strength suggests there is still a level of um uh, consumer demand bubbling along in the Aussie economy that's not just driven by those higher prices. 
We already know that retailers anecdotally have reported very strong Christmas sales, right, in December. But how likely is this to be a last hurrah from consumers amid the rise, amid the impact of rising interest rates? Because we know it takes some time for uh, a reserve bank interest rate hike to actually hit consumers and borrowers. That's the biggest frustration with monetary policy. From when the RBA actually announces that rate hike to when we actually start to see it flow through to the Aussie economy and, and start to impact how households are spending, it takes time. You know, we generally think about it as a three to six month lag. That means that, you know, we've got this bank of higher borrowing costs that are about to flow through to households in the economy in the coming months. That's definitely going to be a dampener on household spending through this year. But it's not just those higher borrowing costs. We've also got elevated prices through this year uh, and we've also got house prices falling. You know, nothing gets households to rein in spending quicker than a fall in the value of their largest asset. So all of that will put a bit of a handbrake on household spending through this year. Finally, still people are in work. For every job vacancy out there, there's 1.1 unemployed people. So as we enter this tougher economic environment, as the economy starts to slow and interest rates rise, that jobs market, won't won't that support the economy? Definitely. So the strength of the Aussie labour market is going to be its biggest shield for the economy through this year. We've got unemployment um, around record lows. Um, The data today in vacancies certainly suggests that jobs are going to be harder to come by going forward, but that doesn't mean there's going to be a massive uptick in unemployment. In fact, we see unemployment still below those long-term averages through this year and 2024. That provides a massive amount of support for the Aussie economy, even if there are patches of weakness occurring elsewhere. And just combining all of that together then, what does it mean for interest rates? Interest rates, well, uh, I think there's certainly going to be at least one more rate hike in the early parts of this year. The RBA has the luxury of seeing one more inflation print before they meet again. Given what we've seen today, I think we can pretty solidly lock in at least one more, taking it to 3.35%. And then if we don't see a a meaningful pullback in in household spending soon, um, the likelihood of a a second rate hike before the middle of next year year, uh, is becoming more likely. That's Harry Murphy-Cruz there, economist at Moody's Analytics. Let's go to the Australian share market now, which had a good day today, up 0.9% on the ASX 200 to 7,195. For more, I spoke earlier with Luke Laradov. He's the CEO at Seneca Financial Solutions. Yeah, Ricardo, lithium stocks drove the market uh, higher as two separate investment banks upgraded uh, recommendations on lithium miners Pilbara, Allcrem and IGO Group. Uh, that, those stocks were up sort of 3 to 6% on the back of those broker upgrades. Uh, gold stocks continued their rally. They're up another 2% today, uh, as well as – and the, the laggards, I suppose, were thermal coal, oil, gas, and sort of technology names with zero being the kind of worst of the bunch. The main event, though, US inflation and then US corporate earnings, that's coming out later this week. How significant will they be? Yeah, really significant. I mean, core CPI is expected to be up another 0.3 months – 0.3% month on month uh, tonight in the US. That would take annualised inflation from 6% at the moment down to, say, 5.7%. Um, so, so that would be a good thing there. And maybe the US is a little bit further down the road in, uh, in extinguishing these inflationary flames we've seen. Uh, reporting season also kicks off over there, which is, uh, you know, really telltale for here, some, some companies here in Australia. 
the banks of particular uh, interest. We've got Wells Fargo, JP Morgan, City, and Bank of America all due on Friday. Um, they've had some pretty good numbers uh, of late and had a pretty good fourth quarter in terms of share market returns. Uh, so there are some sort of expectations built into the result around sort of you know continued net income growth. Uh, but, uh, you know, on the whole, I think it should be a reasonable report from those companies. One of the major companies on the share market, BHP, hit a record post its uh, oil spin-off into uh, Woodside today. Shares doing pretty well. So given that most people have some sort of exposure to BHP, whether it be directly or through their super funds, why has BHP been doing so well? And where to now for the company? BHP's got an exceptional suite of assets and uh, has probably benefited over the last few years from a little bit more cost discipline um, and judicious deployment of their capital. Um, this combined with some good fortune and high commodity prices over this period has resulted in sort of you know, exceptional free cash flow, to be honest. Historically, much of that cash has gone towards oil and gas exploration, oil and gas project development, and, and those assets just aren't there anymore. They've been divested, as you mentioned, into Woodside. So post that divestment, shareholders are benefiting from that excess cash um, those distributions will fade in time, though, as the asset base and subsequently the profit base is, is going to be a bit smaller without those assets. And, um, you know, and commodity prices are expected to kind of cycle lower over time. Uh, markets forecasting about a 22% dip in dividends between now and FY25. And, and even though the shares are at a record high, they're trading at a 16% premium to consensus price targets, which is the highest uh, margin in 20 years. Finally, where do you see the opportunities for investors? We remain cautious uh, while inflation remains elevated. Uh, raw materials and labour costs are eroding margins for a lot of companies, and those companies need to go through a process of right sizing and repricing. Um, rising interest rates and falling growth aren't really good things for markets or asset prices more broadly. Um, but that being said, there are some opportunities. We do see lithium continue, continuing to be um, a bright spot on the market, though more focused on the developers this year than the producers as per last year. And some of those developers have found themselves already under takeover, and we think that trend is going to continue. Um, our pick of the sector has and continues to be Vulcan Energy Resources. Um, we think the US is, like we said, a little bit closer to getting on top of inflation. And as a result, maybe we are at kind of peak bearishness for the US housing market. And we think maybe some of those stocks uh, that are exposed to that market look pretty cheap at the moment. James Hardy in particular sort of stands out. Um, outside of that, we're sort of favouring defensive, high-quality earnings businesses that you kind of would expect us to. Uh, ALS Co, AUB, Aristocrat Leisure are probably some good examples. That's Luke Larrative there from Seneca Financial Solutions. This SBS on the Money stream is provided for informational purposes only. The content in this stream should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and it does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.